0: Uh, For their support, those who are listening to us on uh, the 1060 AM dial, KKVV, also those who are watching us live online, we want to thank you, each of you, for your prayers and your support for our Abundant Life Christian Academy. We thank you for your prayers and everything you have done for us here at Abundant Life. We do start school on the 23rd of August, and we continue to petition your love and your support, whether it be spiritual support or also financial support. We also want to thank um, uh, Brother Tom and Sandra Nita Hall for their greetings to us here at Abundant Life. At this time, coming off the heels of a revival here at Abundant Life, we have speaking to us today our senior pastor, Dr. Calvin B. Rock. He's an author, speaker, and our senior pastor, our beloved uh, senior pastor, and he has a word to share with us today. And so prepare yourselves to join us. In this study, uh, by getting your Bibles ready as you join us here in our worship service. Before he comes to us, we will be favored with a sacred selection from one of our teachers here at our academy, Sister Janice Stevenson. After she sings, we will hear from our speaker, Dr. Calvin Be rock, hear ye him.
1: to Stevenson for both of those numbers. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we long for the fulfillment of that promise, that precious blessed hope and we pray that as we study today your Holy Spirit will expand our horizons, will deepen our commitment That we shall leave here informed, inspired and empowered to do your will in Jesus name Amen look in your Bibles please back to the book of Matthew from which we read our scripture earlier Matthew chapter 6 and I know you brought your Bible did you not if you have your Bible, may I see? Let me see the swords in the congregation. Beautiful. All right. We don't come to church to be entertained. We come to study. We come to grow. And we come to learn. So today we're going to read again from Matthew chapter 6. Principal Holiday has led us in the reading of all three verses: Matthew 6, 19, 20, and 21 but let's look at it and let's reinforce the thought by reading again and I am reading from the new King James you may read along quietly do not lay up for yourselves treasures where everybody where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and do what but lay up for yourselves treasures where where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also our subject today is you can take it to the bank now banks especially those insured by the government have historically been the safest place to put your money or if you have valuables you want to put in a little box and do your safety deposit thing to to do that as well and that is why the expression you can take it to the bank has always conveyed feelings of credibility and reliability and absolute certainty you can take it to the bank means you can count on it there's no doubt about it now there have been a few times in American history where this expression has not held true times such as when the banks went under during the Great Depression of the late twenties and early thirties of the last century and to some extent this expression suffered in credibility uh, during the early part of the recession that we are now coming out of in this nation Thank God for the bailouts, I think, that have allowed the banks to stand and for the other Obama policies, I think we can give that credit, that have increased consumer confidence. But while the banking industry is still vigorous today, it is still vulnerable today. It is vulnerable because of market fluctuations and administrative error, vulnerable to embezzlement from within and to violent gunpoint fevery from without. And there is a new evil affecting banks and their customers today, and it's called cyber robbery. According to the recent report in the USA Today, July 3, 2010, 80% of the 115 million households in America, 80% of 115 million households are now involved in online banking. And online fevery has become a multi-billion industry so that while the FDIC seeks to bolster our confidence bank frailty something Jesus warned about long time ago is still with us in Jesus day it occurred as a result as our text informs of moths, insects eating through the cloth bags in which the poor place their coins, their valuables or as a result of the eating away or the corrosion of the metal boxes in which the rich stashed their valuables and hid them in the ground. And It also occurred when thieves bored holes in the straw brick walls of their homes and forcibly took from their neighbors their Treasured goods Now it's handguns And dynamite And cyber robbery And we students of prophecy know It's only going to get worse In fact the book of Ezekiel chapter 17 Indicates that there will be a time When money, get this When money will be thrown into the streets And no one will want to pick it up a time of confusion among the nations, so great in the end time to come that money will have lost its value and banks will have lost their purpose for existence but today dear friend I want to draw your attention away from the vulnerable one day to fail banking system in the land in which we live to a bank that does not Will not, cannot fail It is a bank, the bank that Jesus had in mind That is free from insects and oxidation that causes the corrosion Free from forceful invasion It's absolutely dependable Unquestionably safe Never failing It is the universal alpha and omega first and the last eternally secured federal bank of glory. And what kind of deposits are we to place there? First of all we are to deposit there something called character. Of this valuable commodity our prophet Ellen White the lesser light has this to say. My Life Today page 267 A character formed according to the divine likeness Is the only treasure that we can take from this world into the next The only thing we can carry with us From this world to the next Is a righteous character That's the only thing Somebody asked when a certain rich man died, how much did he leave? And they began to speculate. He left 10 million, he left 20 million, left 30 million. And somebody else said, no, you're wrong. Well, how much did he leave? The answer was, he left everything. And we do leave everything except our character. (laughs) Reputation is the way we look it is the way people see us it is the way we appear before others but character is the way we look and appear before God reputation is what people think we are but character is what God knows we are reputation is what people see us doing Character is what God knows we would do if nobody were watching (laughs) Reputation is the way we look when we come to church on Sabbath morning Character is the way we look when we leave home for work on Monday morning (laughs) Reputation is the way we answer questions in Sabbath school character is the way we criticize and gossip and condemn each other at the dinner table when church is over reputation is eating the bread and drinking the wine on communion Sabbath character is eating unclean foods and washing it down at the buffet on Sunday afternoon Reputation is singing, Victory is mine, from the screen at Sabbath worship. Character is giving in to vice and evil at the movies and before our television sets and computers on Saturday night. Character is standing for the right, though the heavens fall. Character is hanging in there with Jesus no matter what others think or do as the old song says if my mama don't go I'm going to journey on Character is hanging in there against peer pressure young people being willing to be laughed at and looked at as funny and Peculiar and queer character is standing for the right and developing the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance, none of which we can all claim today, but all of which we can assuredly say we are striving by the grace of God and improving in by the grace of God and that we can't claim, as Paul says, to have attained it all. We're all, yes, we're in the church that's a hospital for the saints, but even in the hospital, people ought to get better. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus and not each other, if we make Jesus our standard and not one another, if we judge our life and our growth and our character by Jesus' life and not judge ourselves by the imperfect models around us, it is a fact that we will grow in grace, that we will change, that the path of the just is as a light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day, and that beholding Jesus, by beholding Jesus we shall become changed and you can take it to the bank and the second thing we disciples ought to deposit in the glory bank is active Christian witness it's instructive to note that Jesus never made a public appearance after his resurrection He never appeared to the crowds, to the public again. Why? Because he had done his work. And after his resurrection, he appeared only to his disciples and followers. You see, it was then their turn to take the baton and to carry the gospel. And now it's our turn to spread the good news to society we do so by inviting people to church by giving Bible studies by delivering Bible lessons by visiting the sick and you know all the others feeding the hungry caring for the homeless working in the church in various capacities all the things we do to augment to help to spread the gospel there will be some in the day of judgment who like the servant who hid his talent shall have done nothing some who simply swing in and out mechanically through the church doors full of happy Sabbaths but empty of good works they have lost their first love they feel no joy in witness and there will be others at that great day who have worked but not for love but rather from tradition and from routine And for praise and power. And there will be others. Who like these are deluded and deceived and bankrupt souls. Who think that they have savings in glory. Who think that because they have membership in the church. Their timber is being stored up in heaven's bank. But who, when they go to claim their balance in the judgment day, will hear, Sorry, you never had an account in this bank. Or who will hear what came up, Yes, you sent it up, but it was rejected because of insufficient sincerity. And you have a zero balance here. Or who will hear, That you once had an account in this bank when you were first baptized, but it has been closed long ago because of prolonged inactivity. Or that you have let your works, your works deposits your length of stay in the church go to your head and make you feel superior to others and your account is seriously overdrawn depart from me I never knew you but praise God there will be others who have responded sacrificially in service doing what they could to spread the word On their jobs, in the community, amidst their families, in the classrooms. And to such, Jesus' promise hold true. I will honor them that honor me and who have given if it's but a cup of cold water. And if you confess my name before men, I will confess yours before the Father. I send you out as sheep. Among wolves and fear not little flock as you go into the denizens of evil about you in the city. You are my apostles my epistles as you knock on doors and as you spread the word the angels of the Lord go with you and they camp around about you and no weapon formed against you will prosper and the God who seeth in secret will one day reward you openly so we who are His servants can go out in His name and we can serve knowing that what we do for Him whether it is understood by others or not what we do for Him is faithfully recorded and will one day be abundantly rewarded and that is not a supposition or a maybe or a perhaps it is as sure as the word of God, and you can take it to the bank. That everything you do in God's name, whether the church sees it or not, whether your family knows it or not, everything we do in God's name is timber sent up before us, and it is accumulating interest. It's compounding in interest in the courts of glory. And brothers and sisters we must not be weary in fail or faint in well doing because God sees and God knows and we have to keep it up no matter what others say or think or how they criticize you for spending too much time in God's program you and I must give of ourselves completely in his service and he has an account Which is unerring. The angels are recording, and God will one day be rewarding. And praise God, it's not in vain. The sacrifices we make, we can take it to the bank. And there's a third element that we deposit. And one I'd like to suggest may be more challenging than the other two. Although they're all connected, and that is the deposit of our financial accounts. Really believing that every dime, every nickel, every dollar that I put in the church, every penny, if it comes to that, is being banked up in glory. You see, we are born selfish creatures. And we live in an age of aggrandizement and getting for myself. We live in a time of of satisfying self, the me age. And we live in an age of unbelief. And the two make it very difficult for people, for any of us, to be really open and thoroughly committed in our financial responses it's hard for us to really grasp and accept that when we give to God's cause we are not diminishing our bank accounts we are laying up treasure in heaven which is a bigger a better and a safer place to put our values the rich young ruler who turned away sorrowfully and Ananias and Sapphira who held back on their stewardship And Judas himself Who preferred hoarding to helping Are three examples of those Who fail to honestly deposit And for some Even dare to rob God As Malachi 3 puts it The rich young ruler couldn't quite believe His reputation and status held him back He lacked faith Faith to believe that if he did it If he really sold all to follow the humble Galilean He could could live in, in happiness And his needs would be supplied Ananias and Sapphira were just plain greedy They wanted to appear to be with the group They pretended to be with the program But they lacked love And Judas, poor Judas He thought he knew more than everybody else, including Jesus. The whole church was wrong and Judas was right. Speaking of his betrayal of the master for 30 pieces of silver, our prophet states, Judas had naturally a strong love for money. He had fostered. A spirit of avarice or greed until it, money, became the ruling motive of his life. Desire of Ages, page 716. Judas was self-opinionated, self-exalted, self-deceived, self-deceited, and he lacked humility. These three brands of selfishness remain in the church today. Failure to believe that if we do what God says he will provide if we do our part he'll do his not really loving Christ liking him admiring him perhaps but not really giving him our all in devotion and then being guided by our personal opinions and our personal gain rather than the good of others and the good of the whole of God's work all of which leads us to the following conclusion number one in the matter of giving our tithes and offerings it is not the amount or the largeness of our offerings we give it is the percentage of our income it might be the widow's mite just a few dollars or it might be large thousands of dollars The tithe amount is prescribed, stipulated, 10%. And our performance in our tithe demonstrates our obedience. God said, do it. It's mine. And when we do, we are simply obeying in a very specific way. Offerings, on the other hand, are non-tithe giving. The kind you saw illustrated on the thermometer here a few moments ago. Are Not prescribed God does not say you must do a certain percentage of the 90% that's left Why does he not prescribe from the 90% because he wants to see what we will do voluntarily? That's the test 10% is mine Now here's your 90% and you decide what you want to do with that he wants to observe how much we give of the ninety percent just like he observes what we do with the six days he says the Sabbath is mine the Sabbath is mine, and, and you can't do, you should not do any of these works. it's mine, you worship, you give. It's mine. Give it back to me the whole day. And that's why people who say you can keep any day holy are so wrong. Because there's only one day, God bless. There's only one day God said, it's mine altogether. You wipe out everything else and give me that day. But then he says, there are six days for you to work. These other six days are yours. Now I want to see what you're going to do with them. I want to see how well you're going to tend your garden. How well you are going to take care of your business? And I want to see how much mission work you're going to allow, how much you're going to do for me. Are you going to be a seventh day Adventist, seventh day only? Or will you find time during the six days? to witness for me and so the tithe is a specified act of obedience the offerings are an act of appreciation the tithe says yes Lord I hear you the offerings say yes Lord I love you the tithe says here is yours Lord I'm giving it back I'm returning it's not mine I'm returning it to you for the preaching of the gospel for the spread of the good news around the world and the offerings say thank you Lord I'm sharing what I have with you for the good of my local church program the operation of my church right here in Las Vegas Lord The church where I sit in air conditioning, comfort every Sabbath, the church where we have such a large and beautiful flock of young people, the church in which were I to die anytime soon, I will be funeralized and from which I'll be carried out and buried or cremated. So then it's between us and the Lord some do 15%, some 10 some 5%, whatever percent. But as God leads and God blesses, his instruction to us is tithe and offering. And what will be the result of our faithful response when we have, in fact, not only been faithful in our tithe and expressive, duly expressive to God, For his goodness in our offerings, his rewards are sure. And as he tells us, reminds us in Malachi chapter 3, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord, and I will open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I'd rather have 10% taken, given back to God and ninety percent with which to work with God's blessings than to have a hundred percent with God's curse I don't want my tires to wear out prematurely I don't want my roof to leak unnecessarily I don't want cracks in the walls of my home and I don't want unnecessary sicknesses to come upon me I need all of God's blessings so you can be sure if I had no other motivation than self-preservation and that's not the right one not the main one I would want to be faithful in my tithing and the same is true with my offerings I want to show God that I'm not only going to be a legalistic Christian who says yes you say 10 here is 10 and that's it I want to say to him from the 90 I love you Lord I thank you for your goodness and this that I am now doing is the way I want to express my gratitude the lesser light Ellen White puts it this way give what you can now and as you cooperate with Christ, this is counsels on stewardship page 50, your hand will open to impart still more. You know I just love that. When we're tight-fisted, we not only don't give anything, but guess what? You can't get anything. When we're tight with God, our fist is all tight and we're not giving anything, when 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 we are so busy embellishing our homes and 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 taking care of ourselves that we forget about God and we don't make his cause high on our list as we should when our hands are tight with God and our hearts are tight with God the tight fist not only does not give it cannot receive and the song is right we can't beat God's giving and the more we give to him the more he gives to us and the quote goes on And God will fill your hand that the treasure of truth may be taken to many souls. Another quote I want to read. This is page 126. If we would secure enduring riches, let us begin now to transfer our treasure to the other side. And our, where our hearts will be where our treasure is. And this is another reason we are liberal with God. Because where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. Where you put in a lot of money, and that doesn't mean total dollars, but percentage of what you can, where you invest, that's where your treasure is. Whether it's investing in your house, or your car, or your children, or your education, wherever you give heavy emphasis in your giving, in your finance, your heart is there. And if we would secure eternal riches, let us begin now to transfer our treasure to the other side. And when we put our treasure there, we don't see it. We put it in the envelope and we don't see it anymore except in some of the things that happen around. But we don't see the actual dollars anymore. And yet we know that we are laying up treasure in glory. Page 342, same book, Christ entreats, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. This work of transferring your possessions to the world above is worthy of all your best energies It is of the highest importance and involves your eternal interests That which you bestow in the cause of God is not lost All that is given for the salvation of souls and the glory of God is invested in the most successful Enterprise in this life and in the world to come your talents of gold. God bless you God bless you abundant life god bless you for all that you've done god bless you for last year five hundred and forty thousand dollars tithe god bless you and I know many of you are faithful and god bless you for two hundred and some thousand dollars in church expense and stewardship god bless you but god knows that if everybody did their part if everybody did their part the results and the reports would be even more going Your talents of gold and silver, if taken to the exchangers, are gaining continually in value, which will be registered to your account in the kingdom of God. You are to be recipients of the eternal wealth that has increased in the hands of the exchangers. And listen to this: In giving to the work of God, you are laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All you lay up above is secure disaster and loss and is increasing to an eternal and enduring substance. And so, whether it is rally day that we will have the first Sabbath of November, whether it's helping students in student sponsorship, or whether it's regular stewardship and the percentage that we ask that you help take care of from week to week, it's all compounding our stocks our stocks are splitting in glory our stocks are expanding and one day we will receive a hundredfold and that's the greatest and the surest of all interest that can be given and brothers and sisters I adjure you I encourage you I I give you the Word of God who is true and who cannot lie that when you give to the cause Of his people. You are laying up treasures. In a secure place in glory. And you can take it. To the bank. But now lest anyone misunderstand. Jesus teaching of heavenly treasure. And the importance of tithe. And offerings. Must not be understood. As his teachings. Of acts of salvation. We are not saved. By our giving we are not saved even by our characters and we're not saved by our good works none of these deposits we are making are going to save us we can't go to God and say well Heavenly Father here's my character because he's got to fix that character up before we can get there and he fixes that up with the righteousness of Christ we can't go to him and say father hear my good works I gave Bible studies and I knocked on doors and I was down on Main Street with the homeless and I visited this one and no no we cannot do enough good works to be saved we cannot go to him and say I was a faithful tither all my years in the church I was faithful with my stewardship etc so Lord you gotta let me in our good works do not save us. We are not saved by our works. We work because we see what Jesus has done and we glory in his salvation, and our works are a response to what he has done for us. We are saved by the blood and by the robe of Jesus Christ. We cannot Work well enough or give heavily enough or live clean enough to walk through the gates of glory on our own we need Jesus blood and robe to get us there in the first place We can't be saved by the works and the giving we do and the character we live we cannot be saved because we don't smoke and we don't drink and we cannot be saved because we don't eat hog meat and catfish and we cannot be saved because we are faithful and our names are recorded in the earthly books as being faithful with our tithes and offerings because we are sinful human beings and all the good we do comes out of evil bodies this is unholy flesh this is a creature born in sin and shapen in iniquity and until i die or jesus comes until i die i live in this evil body and because i love jesus and read the word he keeps all those evil urges down All of my evil Propensities that I got from my parents that they got from their parents on back to Adam All that evil in me the love of God Constraineth me and that's how I lose my temper and my greed and my selfishness So I am converted, but I am still me evil inherently sinful and because i walk around in this sinful flesh until this mortal shall put on immortality and until this corruptible shall put on incorruption everything i do comes from this evil source and god cannot accept it in glory unless jesus covers it with his righteousness and unless jesus blood forgives my sins and because I know Jesus and Jesus knows the Father it's only then that I have hope of being accepted all my righteousness is as filthy rags and nothing I can do keeping the Sabbath holy when the sun went down yesterday I was ready I said to Clara come on let's sit down time to keep the Sabbath and when it goes down today I don't know exactly where I'm going to be but I tell you about the grace of God wherever I am I'm gonna bow my head and say Lord thank you for the Sabbath and then I'll check the newspaper (laughs) but I plan to keep the Sabbath I plan to do what God says but I know it's not going to save me what saves me is what we're studying about on Wednesday night, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What saves me is not what I put in the bank. What saves me is what Jesus has already put in the bank. He's already banked his righteousness. He's already banked his blood. When Adam and Eve sinned, they sin in a perfect circumstance. When God made the human race, he filled the land with love and righteousness and sinlessness and holiness and perfection. But when Adam sinned, he broke the bank. When Adam sinned, the human race was bankrupt by Adam's transgression. There was nothing there. by all rights we should have been exiled from the face of the earth we were bankrupt penniless barefoot bankrupt without hope and without help but Jesus came and Jesus has filled up the vaults and when Jesus died upon the cross his blood Atoned for 6,000 years of sin and it's all in the bank And I tell you what else is in the bank his righteousness The life that he lived So I don't have to work myself to glory. You know a lot of folk got it wrong They got it wrong They're trying to work their way to glory They're trying to, to, to click their way brownie point their way to glory with tithes and offerings and good works and all that's important as you've heard but that's not what does it and we Christians, we Seventh-day Adventists have got to get that into our head what saves us is the righteousness of Jesus and it's in the bank and you can't take anything to the bank but your need that's what you can take to the bank for your salvation these other things you're sending up now you get your reward one day but that's not going to save you what's going to save you is you're taking to the bank your human need whatever that need is and jesus has written a check for everybody he has said whosoever will let him come and he's also written a check and signed it with his name and the check says whatever you ask in my name i'm going to give it to you what kind of god is that he places it in your care he said now you ask and you shall receive You seek and you shall find. You knock and the door will be open. And he signed it with his blood. And he said, all you've got to do is fill out the line and just write in there what you need. And then take it to the bank. You don't have to suffer from insecurity. You don't have to suffer for a lack of peace of mind. Take it to the bank. What is it you want today? What is it that you sit here knowing that you need? Do you need a clear conscience? Just put it on the line. He's already signed the check. Just right there. Clear conscience. And take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. What is it you need? You need power to overcome some terrible addiction in your life? Are you in the grips of something that you wouldn't want anybody to know about or maybe people do know whichever it is are you in a relationship you'd like to get out of but you don't know how just write on the line break me out of this relationship he's already signed it but you can't walk around with it in your pocket or in your pocketbook you've got to get on your knees and take it to the bank and in the bank there is forgiveness In the bank, there is joy. In the bank, there is holiness. In the bank, there is righteousness. In the bank, there is mercy. In the bank, There is every need supplied And wherever we are in life Whatever our station along the way My advice to you today Brother and sister Is don't sit there and worry And be depleted Don't go around being beaten up by the devil And a victim to sin And a victim to discouragement Don't go around with your head hung Don't go around pretending Find joy and happiness with Christ today He's got it all there and all you need all I need to do is take it to the bank Our Father in Heaven we thank you for the cross of Calvary in which Jesus died we thank you for that act whereby our needs are fully supplied Lord we want to be faithful in our service faithful as we develop character and faithful in our giving but Lord, we're not doing that to be saved We understand We see the light, Lord And we know that our salvation is already there It's already there through Jesus Thank you Now give us faith to believe that And give us courage to seek whatever it is we need And before I finish praying I don't know what your need is today I know mine And the Lord and I wrestle with it And we talk about it I'm asking God to help me where I know I need and Sometimes I even say Lord if what I don't understand and don't really know I need give me that too How many of you out there first of all Those of you who Have been struggling with something and 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 folk this this is between you and God nobody's taking names with this but you're struggling with something and you, you you need power to break through You need a breakthrough I don't know what it is in your life Or who it is But you want a breakthrough for Christ And you want today to say Well thank you for the reminder Brother Rock And, and by God's grace I'm going to do it I'm going to go to the bank right now And we're going to go to the bank right here And you can go to the bank By simply standing on your feet Take it to the bank Anybody want to take something to the bank this morning Just stand Whatever it is, whoever you are if you got something you want to take to the bank the banking hours are open right now God's bank is wide open it's open 24 7 365 it, the banking hours are never closed but he's especially especially happy on his holy day and while we're standing if there are those here in this church today who recognize that you need a more firm connection with his holy Sabbath day now I have told you already keeping the Sabbath is not going to save you but when you see what he's done then you want to keep the Sabbath because he's the one that died to save you and you want to make him happy and he's got it all there for you and you'd like to hold up your hand where you are and say listen brother Rock yes I love this Lord and I want to be a part of a people who keep knocking at the doors of heaven's bank and I want to respond to God's goodness by being a Sabbath keeper. I'm not a member of this church yet but I'm coming and I raise my hand. You pray for me. Will you raise your hand right where you are? God bless you. Who else? Who else? Raise your hand. We want to note you because we're going to have special prayer with you We'll do special things to help you find full understanding Who else is not already a member of the church? You don't want to be bankrupt You don't want to be on the outside looking in Join us as we go to the bank God sees you Who else? Who else Wants to join us as we prepare for the great day of judgment We want to be found in him, not having our own righteousness. Lord, I don't want to get up to that bank with my little little checkbook. I want to stand there clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Who else? Father in heaven, you've seen our hands and you've read our hearts. You know what is within. Forgive us for trying to make it on our own. Forgive us for having less love than we should have had. And may your word today be a seed in good soil to develop within the fruits of righteousness to faithfulness. And when that day comes, and we want to be alive when it comes, but even if we should have to come forth from the grave to meet you and to join the others who shall be alive, Lord, save us, forgive us, and save us. And then may we join with our brothers and sisters in eternal rejoicing. In Jesus' name, who's made it possible, that all the people say, amen. Shall we be seated, please?